Hi, and welcome to our fifth episode of 2023. Today, we are very excited to speak to the analysts of one of our top partner brokers, HFM. Stuart and Andrea have both been at HFM for a number of years, and they have a lot of experience in running webinars and uh, various educational seminars. So we hope you enjoyed the episode as much as we did. As always, like and share. Thanks. Hey, Chris, how's it going today? Hey, Alison. Yeah, no, I'm pretty good, thanks. How are you? Yeah, I'm good. I'm excited for our uh, podcast today. So today we are going to be talking about one of our partners, um, HFM, and uh, we really like HFM for for a number of reasons. They've obviously got great low low cost accounts, uh, denominated in rands, which is is great for South African traders. Um, they've mm-hmm. got a great copy trading account. Um, mm-hmm. We really enjoy their mobile app. It's easy to use, um, and uh, it has all the features that that you need for trading. And they also have excellent education and market analysis. And uh, uh, they do, yeah. With with that, um, we are very fortunate to be talking to two of HFM's top analysts, Stuart Cowell and Andrea Berhidi. So, welcome! Thanks for joining us. Welcome, guys. Thank you very much. It's good yeah. to be with you today. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, thank it's you. a pleasure. I will. It's a pleasure uh, to, to hear you guys. Alison and Chris, thank you for hosting us. And a great pronunciation from Alison in regards to my surname, by the way. That's great. <laughs> well, I had to practice that a few times in my head. <laughs> um, um, yeah, thanks for coming on, guys. Do you want to just tell us a little bit about yourselves and what you do at HFM? Ladies first. Okay, I have joined back in 2016, wasn't it? Yeah, back in 2016. Um, so I'm a marketing market analyst here uh, in the company. Um, after gaining my uh, bachelor's degree in mathematics and physics uh, and a postgraduate diploma as well in actuarial. So I I was experimenting a bit with this industry and then I find it really fancy and uh, keeps me on my toes actually on a daily basis and that's what I love the most. So yeah, I joined. Um, I joined seven years uh, ago. So and actually, uh, we as as our motto is, we're here trying to help as much as we can our our clients with all the necessary info, uh, all the necessary tools to actually help them develop as uh, in the future as great traders themselves and to be able to stand on their toes as well. So that's it for me. Nice. Hi, everyone. Uh, I'm a bit longer in the tooth than Andrew, as you can probably tell. <laughs> uh, my background is uh, in the city of London. Uh, I actually graduated in uh, economics and uh, geography. Geography is my first passion. Uh, but I first I was fascinated by the city of London uh, in the early 80s. I'm that old. Uh, when I first saw the NatWest Tower in the city, and I thought, oh, wow, what a place. It was all glass and steel and uh, the the big bang was just happening uh, where the American banks were moving into the city in the, sort of the mid-80s. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I work for, I've worked for retail banks. I've worked for investment banks. I've run my own uh, management consultancy. And uh, I relocated the family to Cyprus at the beginning of the 2000s and uh, haven't really looked back since. It's been a great place to bring the family up there, both back in London now. Uh, and uh, my wife and I are still here with, 
with dogs living by the sea. I was born by the sea in the northeast of England, and uh, we live by the sea again now. So yeah, a bit warmer, bit of a warmer sea down in yes. Cyprus, though. Absolutely, yes. There's no waves though in the Mediterranean, but uh, never mind, never mind. <laughs> And how long, how long have you been at HFM, uh, Stuart? I joined HFM just before Andrew in uh, 2015. And we've got a team of uh, analysts around, all around the world. So uh, we've got guys, uh, guys in Africa, uh, Indonesia, Malaysia, Mexico for our Spanish speakers. So, yeah, good team. Yeah, it's something that we really like about HFM is you see a lot of, a lot of brokers, actually a surprisingly number of, amount of brokers who don't really invest in their um, education and market analysis. But it's something that's always really impressed us about about HFM and 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 that, and that you do it on a global scale. Is that is that a new thing, or is that was that the way since you started? I mean, is this um, something that you guys have built over the last few years? Uh, that, thank you for that. I, I, it's, I see it, and I think that's the whole philosophy of the company. It's fundamental mm-hmm. uh, to what we do. Uh, some people say, edu- you know, good traders are not necessarily good analysts, and good analysts don't make good traders either. <laughs> but uh, people fall into it thinking, oh, I need to have the latest indicators, I need to have the latest charts and the latest news. And it's really, uh, that was, we'll talk about this later, I think, but really for me, it's always been about understanding yourself as a psychological business, uh, successful mm-hmm. trading and successful investment. Um, you've got to understand yourself first and foremost. And that's one of my big mantras uh, I bang on about all the time. Yeah, we will. We will talk about that, I think, in some depth later. But it's, yeah, it's, the, it's kind of the reason why we had you on, though, because um, HFM are so impressive when it comes to market analysis. Before we get into things, I just wanted to, um, to run over basically the recent events. I mean, we've got 2022, just looking over the last year, was a pretty, pretty crazy year for the markets, um, as it has been the last few years, I think, since since the COVID pandemic hit, really, we've um, seen some wild gyrations in, uh, across the markets. What, what were the most important market events for you guys in, in 2022? Uh, well, for me, really, it was obviously the strength of the dollar um, that mm-hmm. dominated everything. And everything ripples out, uh, love them or hate them, uh, everything ripples out from the American markets and the American dollar still. Uh, there's obviously lots of chatter that uh, the dollar's losing its dominance. It's not the buying power it, it used to have, and that's certainly the case. Uh, but it was the dominance of the dollar, and that then rippled out on everything else. Obviously, the commodity markets were hit by the tragic war in um, in Ukraine and mm-hmm. implications that's had for other commodity markets. But really, the, the, if you had to sum up 2022, it would be the dominance of the dollar and the collapse and the end of the of the bull market uh, since the financial crash of 2009, uh, 2008-2009, really, in, mm-hmm. in a nutshell. Uh, but yeah. po- looking positively forward to 2023, when markets yes. crash as much as they did, like the Nasdaq lost over 30%, I think it was, wasn't it? Uh, yep. They tend to recover, uh, not necessarily well, but they'll tend to recover. Markets, in my experience, uh, Chris, is, have all, always overreact. They go down too far, they go up too high. Uh, it's just human nature. Again, this is what I mentioned earlier about you know, psychology and it's that fear and greed that drives markets always and always has and always will, in my humble opinion. Yeah, and it's interesting. We just published um, something uh, written by your analysis team on, on on our site actually about the about the USD index, and it was quite interesting timing because it was written uh, last week before the latest NFP came out, and now we can see we've seen um, you know some extraordinary changes in the last few days off the back of that NFP result. And so, and you, it just goes to show how fast things can things can move. And what do you what do you see 
the continuing strength of the dollar happening in 2023? I mean, do we see this continuing or do you see a change, a sea change uh, on the horizon? Uh, so you're absolutely right. That actually was a really focal um, event. I mean, the, the, the NFP and actually the labor market in general is, the labor market, especially in the US, is, is on hit. So um, what in regards to the dollar, we're going to have, we're expecting a lot of, obviously, a lot of uh, uh, fluctuations uh, throughout the year. And what I mean by fluctuation, I mean to behave in a different way every quarter. So um, what I could say for the time being is that, yeah, it could, it could at least for the, for the near term, to appreciate a bit because we still have, due to the NFP, uh, uh, that number that nobody was was really expecting that kind of a uh, of number. Uh, we still see the markets actually trading and pricing in this uh, tightness, the continuous of the tightness of the of the Fed. Even though we mm-hmm. we we show that we know. I mean, they obviously they they taught they they said it out loud that we're gonna stop. We're gonna put once we see that. This has an effect, and but it's still difficult to be aware when during the year when um, the dollar will actually stabilize or mm-hmm. uh, whether it will it will continue drifting or jumping back where it was back in uh, in July and August. So it's it's still data dependent. Unfortunately, we need to go along with what the labor market and the NFP number is giving us week after week. I will say because the jobless claims seems that they actually giving a lot of um, signs in regards to the labor market in the U.S. And it's difficult to see how the the wages pressures uh, can possibly soften sufficiently, okay, Mm -hmm. when we have such a a strong growth in the job. So it's even more difficult to see the Fed stop raising rates anytime soon. Mm -hmm. Um, I agree. So, yeah, so that's, that's, uh, it it looks like the U.S. economy is doing fine and (laughs) That, that's the bizarre. I mean, that that is what's causing all this uh, weird behavior um, from the market participants. No, exactly. And there's, I mean, there's a lot of. I mean, I was looking at some other data. There's underlying weakness. There's a lot of signs of underlying weakness in consumer behavior in the United States. I think credit card debt is the highest it's been uh, for, for ten or fifteen years. And so there's a lot of mixed, like some kind of mixed messaging, as you say. Like right now, the economy seems um, to be doing okay, but it, it's a week by week process. So you, so you do see that the dollar at some point probably will soften this year, but but it's just a matter of, you know, it's unpredictable. It's it's not so unpredictable. It's just to see more comments for the from the Fed. I mean, mm-hmm. I mean to just to the odds on the, that that they they are nearly to the end. They are nearly to the end, but whether it's a matter of March or April. That's 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 the key. So it's mm. pretty much the very first first six months of the year. After they, they can, okay, I'm not sure whether I can say that for sure, but uh, it's unlikely to cut any rates within the year for sure for 2023. But it's unlikely also to uh, keep rising uh, in the second half of the year. So we are expecting to pause. Uh, this uh, the tightening like within the first half of the year. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, that's good. Thank you for the thank you for the the, the analysis there, Andrea. Um, Alison, I, I mean, we wanted to talk more broadly about um, HFM, and a lot a lot of the listeners to this podcast are, are we are for are beginners. A lot of the stuff we do is for new traders, yeah. and we wanted to talk quite specifically about what HFM does does for beginners. 
Yeah, I mean, we see that you guys have, you know, as we spoke about before, a range of education for traders of different experience levels, which is also nice to see because a lot of brokers sort of just focus on beginners and it leaves uh, intermediate and experienced traders with sort of nowhere to go. What are the most common questions you get from from your beginner traders? What, what do you find them looking for in terms of support? Uh, how do I make money? Is, 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 is that a very simplistic, uh, understandable yeah. way uh, of what people uh, ask? So that, that's for, on, honestly the first thing. And then after they've tried a little uh, for a little while um, trading this volatile market, whether it's you know stocks or forex, doesn't really matter what the asset is. Uh, it, they then come back and say, "Well, I've lost money. I don't know why I've lost money, or I've made money. I don't know why I've made money. Mostly they've lost money." And as I said at the beginning, it's really to do with they're impatient, they're indisciplined, like we all are as human beings. So, yeah, basically, it's that very simple, uh, how do I make money? Uh, and my answer is always the same, has always been the same once the penny dropped for me. And it's, it's you know, it's having an approach that works for you. Mm-hmm. We're all individuals. You can make money and lose money very quickly in the market, uh, but you have to have a thing that works for you. So you trade a... Uh, something that fits your time scale, your lifestyle, um, whether it's you know trading scalping on a, a few pips, or you're an end of day trader and just you just look at the charts once a day, or even end, end the end of the week. So you fit something to your personality. Try don't try and change your personality to fit the market. That's always fatal. Um, and how do I get started? So the beauty of things like the MT4 and the MT5 platform is they're very robust, they're very easy to use, they're very intuitive. Uh, we've just recently upgraded our, and launched our new app as well, proprietary um, HFM app. That's really uh, we're really excited about that. Uh, that works very intuitively as well. And so they're they're the basic questions, you know, as as anybody, you know, uh, trying to risk money. It's how do I make? It's the most common question we get from beginners. Yeah, we've been talking on this podcast about um, about you know building a trading strategy and how important that is mm-hmm. for beginners, you know, including risk management. I mean, is there are there strategies that you recommend for beginners to, when they get started? Uh, well, again, we, we can't recommend anything in that sense because mm-hmm. of the, the regulation that's surrounding. Of course, but really, that again, it, if you get your head correct, and it's very very difficult, uh, you find you know a strategy that works for you and works for your time frame. Markets, as I say in the seminars, markets only do three things. They go up, they go down, they go sideways. So when a market's going sideways and you're using like trend-following strategies, you're mm-hmm. doomed to failure, unfortunately. <laughs> and likewise, when you're trying to catch the top of a market and a, there's a big, strong trend in place, uh, you're somewhat doomed to failure as well. So finding out what the market is doing now and does it fit your your personality? Can you sit on a trade for days, possibly weeks, as it's you know going in one direction and there's a little bit of a pullback and then it keeps going, or it's going down and you know you're short, so that's good, you're making money, or do you get too close to it and uh, sort of cut your winnings very quickly but let your mm-hmm. losses build up? And that's one of the biggest things. Uh, from a strategy point of view. Well, you touched on the intermediate traders at the beginning. Right? We spend a lot of time with people that have tried and failed and then don't know what's gone wrong. They don't know why they won. They don't know why they lost. Uh, mostly they, they end up losing money. Uh, and so it's having a system that uh, works for you. Um, but most people, unfortunately, their, their losses get too big and they cut their profits too quickly. Same old, same old. <laughs> always has been and probably always will be. 
our last episode was actually on trading psychology, wasn't it, Alison? Yeah. It was on, we're actually we're, we're going to do a follow-up um, uh, next week. And it's interesting that you bring this up. And it's one of the things that we, that we talked about is that average losses are so much larger than average gains. Absolutely. Always have been, always will be. Yeah. It's human psychology. When you're holding a losing trade, say you've taken it on the 15-minute time frame, You'll suddenly say, "Oh well, I'll leave that. I'll look at that. I'll look at it on the four-hour time frame. It doesn't look so bad." <laughs> uh, <laughs> it's just it's having the discipline and uh, to accept that you're losing, and that's one of you know one of the big things I say again as well is accept losing, accept losing, accept losing. Mm. First three rules of trading. <laughs> if you can't do that, go away. Go and do something else because mm. uh, you'll never get off you know first base, as the Americans say in baseball. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, are there any tools that you would recommend then that beginners use? There's a whole host of tools, but the strategies and tools um, uh, uh, won't work unless you've got the first step bit yeah. right, the soft, the soft skills right. So yeah, there's some great, great tools on our website. I mean, Auto Chart is I mean, it's free advertising here, but uh, I, I love that. I love that uh, that package. It's a it's a it's a scanner. It looks for patterns. It, it works on all assets. It works on all time frames. Uh, there's, and there's loads and loads of data in there saying how well it does on different time frames for different assets. So you can tailor it very much to your approach, your personality, your trading style. But again, most people don't spend the time uh, investing in their own uh, education to get the best out of a tool like AutoChartist. Uh, we've got our professional trader tools package as well, which is a whole host of tools in there. Um, and we do there's, there's training courses and webinars and videos on our website about how to get the best out of that as well. The problem is uh, what you see time and time again, whether a beginner or very uh, an advanced trader, is they don't people for some reason don't seem to spend the time investing in their own education and their own uh, resources. They just want to get in, see the charts moving around, and press buy or press sell. And you know, hang on to it when it's losing, and close it very quickly when they're suddenly making a few cents <laughs> or a few dollars, unfortunately. And that is the big rub. Uh, so strategies and tools are great, but you've got to understand yourself first. Mm -hmm. One of the most uh, popular forms of trading we see amongst visitors to our sites is copy trading. Um, a lot, of, and a lot of beginners get involved in this, and it kind of tallies with what you're saying about this. You know, the wanting to jump straight in because, of course, with copy trading. If you find someone that you think has got a decent strategy, you don't. You have to put zero, almost zero effort in. Uh, you don't have to understand the markets. You have to jump right in. You can jump right in and follow, follow another trader. And I know it's it's increasingly popular. Do you guys have any particular thoughts on on copy trading and and whether it's something that beginners should consider? Yes, yes, definitely. Even though it should be in line and with uh, in, in coordination with a lot of learning, because. From the one side, yeah, it's, it's good for inexperienced traders because obviously for following someone, you need to pick a strategist uh, that is, is successful. So, yeah, it's good because you're following someone experienced, but uh, you need to do it at the same time as you're trying to understand and learn uh, in general the, the financial markets, uh, the basics, some trading techniques. The good thing for, an, uh, for a beginner using the copy trading is that Obviously, it's saving a lot of time. Uh, mm -hmm. They can open trading positions without having to do a lot of research and etc. But uh, another thing is that they learn from others' mistakes, right? And they prove their potential profit margin as well. So mirroring what the top 
rate traders are doing can be very useful for 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 the beginners. Um, so by seeing their path in general. So yes, I will actually reply to your question is yes, copy traders is good for inexperienced traders because there is a lot of learning if you think about it. They do it right and if they tr keep tracking what their strategies is doing, if they try to come in contact with, uh, with skilled traders, there is a lot of information that they can uh, share Okay, so this is on their benefit, I will say. I think as long as you're sort of doing your own research as well, then you can probably maximally benefit from copying other traders. Because eventually you will reach to a level that will, you will be a strategist on, uh, uh, on your own, I mean, without, mm -hmm. without actually copying others. Yeah. So on that, you, you guys obviously offer MT4, MT5, and then you have the HFM app that you've, you've got available. And for beginners, which platform would you recommend they start with? I'll say for, for beginners, I'll say that uh, just to jump into MT5 first because it has a wider range of figures, more timeframes, more analysis tools, I mean, indicators, expert advisors, etc. So that will help them to get familiar before they, they get confident enough and try from the uh, mobile app. You know, obviously, the App Store is not allowing MT4 and MT5 downloads at the moment. Mm -hmm. I mean, was that part of the reason why you guys uh, launched launched your own app? Uh, it was definitely a reason for doing it as fast as we can. I mean, to right. deliver it to our clients and, and keep our clients happy. But it was always something that we had at the back of our uh, heads because everyone, we, we all of us, for anything in life, we need easy access from my mobile phones, right? It's, it's like the extension of our, our hands nowadays. <laughs> so, and especially now that um, there's not a lot of free time. So... Uh, having an easy access from your mobile is a must for anything. Either it's a trading platform or is it like, I don't know, calendar, whatever. It's it's a must. Yeah. So, wow. And it just gives you a bit more sort of peace of mind that you can close a position, you know, as you say, Stuart. Yeah, exactly. And, uh, yeah, I mean, that's absolutely imperative to be able to get out if you do need to. Yeah. It certainly is. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> it's when, it that's is. when the profit or the loss is made, isn't it? Getting out. Yeah. Uh, I was like quite skeptical because I am, you know, <laughs> I thought, what's the point? What's MT5 got over MT4? But what I've really liked about it is being able to choose the time frames. Andrew touched on it, but I, I, for some reason, I've got a thing about the two minute time frame, and you couldn't do that very easily on it. Oh, you couldn't do it on MT4, but mm. on MT5, it is. So, I, I, you know, in short time frames, I like that two minute time frame. Uh, and yeah, I know some people that use the eight-hour candle and the six-hour candle, these odd sort of time frames, but it fits their style, it fits their approach. So, you know, why not? And just to let us know, well, I mean, we're also talking about for beginners. I mean, is there any particular asset class that you'd recommend for beginners to look at when they're getting started? It won't be a particular asset class or a particular asset. It's just mm -hmm. uh, to try, at least at the beginning, Okay, mm -hmm. to uh, to try with the least volatile assets mm -hmm. because choosing, like for example, I don't know, stocks or uh, ETFs or least volatile currencies such as Euro Swiss or uh, Euro O's, for example, it, it will help them to finalize their strategies, to finalize the system that they will follow. So, avoiding a bid, even though that's the, not the 
proper word to say for volatility, but avoiding a bit those spikes mm -hmm. uh, that we can see that the volatility is causing to uh, high to risk sensitive asset. Uh, yeah, it's it's a good start for a beginner thing. But surprisingly, the least volatile currency pair last year and so far this year as well was Aussie, Aussie dollar, by the way. <laughs> that is unusual. I think a lot of traders um, like volatility, though, because then it gives them opportunities, you know. Um, but, yeah, for beginners, that's, that could mean the end of an account very, very quickly. Very, very quickly indeed. <laughs> right, Alison. Yeah, people obviously get you need volatility, if you're gonna, certainly if you're trading sort of intraday or on short-term uh, time frames. Uh, but, again, it's, it's all can you cope with that as a, as a, you know, as a, as a trader, as a human? Uh, and a lot of people can't, unfortunately, mm. but they get drawn into things that move very, very quickly. So something like uh, the pound against the yen has a huge daily range, uh, but it can wipe you out very, very quickly. And it's it's known mm. as the widow maker for for good reason. Um, <laughs> yeah. You know, I you know I remember when I first started investing in trading, uh, an old guy, uh, Peter Hawley was called down from down from sunny Devon. He, you know, he said, you know, invest in the FTSE 100 stocks. They're the ones with the deepest liquidity. They're the ones with the most people looking at them, most analysts, most um, and and tend to have the tightest spreads. And it's it's the same in the forex markets. You know, stick with the big um, major pairs and uh, mm. those with the deepest liquidity and the tightest spreads. Yep. No, and I think that's probably true, especially when you start out. Yeah. Yeah, but, yeah, but as we saw last year, people get attracted to the you know the mem stocks. You know the. Wasn't that heartbreaking? Uh, uh, watching watching and, it happen. Yeah. It's just it's crazy. I think we, we mentioned this, you know, watch in, in previous episodes that particular mad bit of market action. And then the stories after that, the amount of people who lost their shirts who mm -hmm. didn't really know what they were doing. Mm -hmm. It's really heartbreaking. Mm -hmm. That's the, really well again, it's that well, and we talked about it before. It's, it's fear and greed, it's it's missing out, it's the herd impact. I've got to get in, I've got to get in. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it is. But um, Alison, I think we wanted to talk about something particular to South Africa as yeah. well. For um... Um, yeah, well, we we've seen that uh, you you are offering a hundred percent bonus in in South Africa and in many other countries, and uh, we we find that bonuses are generally great for beginners. I mean, it's free money to trade with. But what we often find is that when people can't withdraw the bonus or you know, part of the proceeds from their bonus or whatever it is, um, because they haven't read the fine print correctly, it causes a bit of upset. So can you give us a bit of a, an overview of your bonus and uh, how it works? Yeah, for sure. For sure. I'll do my best. So um, actually, you mentioned withdrawal, right? So the good thing with uh, precisely for South Africa, we have the supercharge bonus, 100% supercharge uh, bonus. So the good thing about this bonus scheme is that it can be withdrawn, but with some terms and conditions, I will be honest with that. Yeah, we get that. We get these kind of questions a lot and we get a lot of comments on our sites uh, with, um, you know, people angry, angry at brokers saying, oh, I took this bonus and now they're not letting me withdraw. And I'm saying, well, did you read the fine print <laughs> on, the, on, the, on the bonus? Because, it's, you know, and they'll, they'll say, oh, it's a scam or, you know, it's, or I'm going to, you know, I'm going to call my ombudsman or whatever. And I'm like, no, 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 don't do that. You're not going to get anywhere with that. You just need to read the fine print. It's something yeah. that our team in the, in the office in South Africa, especially, is trying to, uh, to explain in detail and even calculate how this process the supercharged bonus work. So the people are 
can feel free to visit our office there, to meet our analysts, to meet our sales team and explain everything, even before they try uh, our bonus scheme. Um, openness is something that we want to represent that we're open and that's why uh, people can join anytime. Uh, that's fantastic. They can feel free to explain mm. him We'll explain them the supercharged bonus before they even try it. So, yeah, we'll put it. We'll do actually. We'll put that uh, in the show notes. We'll put a link to your office in South Africa for our South African listeners if they yeah. if they do want to pop in because you do take you do take walk ins these days. Um, I understand in South Africa. Yeah, actually, we have some African uh, educational classes. So mm-hmm. that is something that is uh, is. It's also is happening in the office every morning. Ten o'clock local time. Yes, you can book the the offline classes um, with a fancy. Fancy, uh, our analyst in uh, in Sandon in Johannesburg should be with us today, but uh, he's got people he's teaching, so the timing is just overrun. Next time, busy we'll man. Absolutely, very very busy man. Uh, we'll have him here uh, and his colleagues as well. But yes, yeah. I mean, as, as we said at the top of the show, uh, Chris. Alison, it's very much education is very much fundamental to people being able to move forward. And your mm-hmm. your discussion there about bonus scheme, uh, I think Alison called it free money. That's an, is- an issue, or that's the problem. People think it's free money. It's, it's not. It's, it's increasing the equity on your account. Mm-hmm. But a lot of people don't understand what the equi- what equity means, or what the balance there, the difference between their balance and their equity. And you know, it's something I've talked about for many many years. And mm-hmm. Really, really get the basics right before you start jumping in. But humans are humans and they like to get on with it they jump in they see the charts moving they want to buy they want to sell and there you go <laughs> what can i say yeah and that's uh, something we might want to talk about i know we've touched on it a few times now uh stuart but um you know the importance of trading psychology you know and you've mentioned you know understanding yourself and how often it's overlooked but as you've said it's fundamental to being a successful trader. I mean, it's uh, the most probably, it sounds like you're saying it's the most important thing. Without doubt. Absolutely without doubt. Why do you think it's it's so important to, A, understand yourself and keep your emotions in check? I mean, what, what's actually happening here when uh, when we tell traders to understand the psychology and, and, to, and to manage it? How hard is your heart beating at the moment when you have an open trade? That's, you know, I always ask people that. How sweaty are your palms when you're losing money? <laughs> Uh, it's all that sort of, you know, all that soft skills are the things that uh, keep people in business and keep people trading over many, many years. I found out the hard way when I was trading uh, more on, on a full-time basis uh, because my personality is, unfortunately, I'm a bit of a big head. I, I like to be right. I like to, I'm one of those horrible people that says, I told you so. I told you that was going to go up. <laughs> when I realized uh, the markets just do what they do, they go up, they go down, they go sideways, and they don't give a monkey's where my stop loss is or where my take profit is or if I'm long or short the dollar. Uh, it, it does what it does. And so once I realized that that didn't matter and I could accept losing, it wasn't the losing the money. That does hurt, obviously. It was being wrong because of my personality. And once right. I realized that didn't matter anymore, it, honestly, it was like a weight being lifted off my shoulder. Mm. It was a real light bulb moment. I, I'm saying it's a moment. It, it, it happened over a period of time. Obviously, it didn't just go bing. But that is the big thing. And that's when I, you know, I've always been a, a, you know, a fan of that approach to trading. The, the, the strategies, the platforms, the technology, all of that is very much secondary, in my humble opinion, to understanding yourself. Um, mm-hmm. And you know, I've I've got a whole host of trading books, but the 
you know, the one I always say to people, if you had to read one trading book, it would be Trading in the Zone by Mark Douglas. Um, trading in the Zone. Trading in okay. the Zone by Mark Douglas. It's, it's, it's a dry, quite a difficult read. It's easy in the first book you wrote, but uh, it, it's absolutely fundamental. I think we should put that in the show notes as well. Yeah, yeah we yeah. will. We'll put Trading a link to that in the, in the show notes. Uh, Trading in the zone. Here. Actually, I've got it here. Can you hear it now? <laughs> it's hardback copy. I've got multiple copies. I've given it away at seminars many times. Uh, the, the, for me, when I first picked it up, there was at the beginning, there's a 30-question simple answer, uh, question and answer session. Let me just, I don't know. Maybe I'll, I'll, just, I'll just open it here. Um, attitude survey, calls it. So six questions. Number six, in my mind, there is always a cost associated with finding out what the market may do. Do you agree or disagree? doesn't sound like much about learning to trade, does it, that sort of question? Mm -mm. Mm -mm. Losses are an unavoidable component of trading. Do you agree or disagree? <laughs> Making money as a trader is primarily a function of analysis. Do you agree or disagree? And you, t you do that before you read the book. And then the survey, the same 30 questions are at the end of the book. And honestly, um, you, you'd be amazed uh, of the, how your attitude changes from wow. absorbing the book. And, you know, it's always near me. I always have it and, and show it seminars. And I, I thoroughly recommend it. Uh, what you know, there's some great videos of uh, Mark's unfortunately died recently, but uh, there's some great videos of him out on YouTube as well explaining things. But uh, yeah, that's you know, the only thing that moves the market is, is you know, human emotion, fear, and greed, and um, they're the two things we need to master or, or try to manage at least. That's just what I was going to ask you. Um, you know, is it a teachable concept? A lot of people think, well, either I can do it or I can't, or I've identified that it's a problem, but now I don't know what to do with that. So you've sort of answered that question. Can, can you manage your own psychology? Yeah, absolutely, Alison, absolutely. Uh, but you've got to be able to take a step back. The trouble mm -hmm. is people, oh, I don't, I'm, I'm too much of a rush. Oh, I'll just trade anyway. Um, mm -hmm. you know, I, again, I say at webinars and seminars, you know, get a mirror out put a mirror straight in front of your face because that's who you're competing against. Mm. It's not against your broker. It's not against, you know, uh, the Bank of England or the, the Fed or, uh, you know, the market going up or going down. You've got to beat yourself, really. You're not beating mm. the market. You can never beat the market. Uh, you've got to understand yourself. And I say, for me, personally, having done it and lost money and made money and got over the hump, it's really about really that is, you know, understanding yourself and moving forward and accepting that you will lose. Um, and most strategy, we talked about strategies and systems before. Most strategies and systems are good enough. They win enough. What do I mean by that? Well, they win more than they lose. So, you know, 50%, 60% win rate is good enough. The problem is most people can't accept the 40% they lose. That's what really gets to people. Another side of that is people then missing out on trades, the FOMO. Um, oh, absolutely. I, I imagine that also causes an issue yes. with your trading yes. psychology. Absolutely. But the markets are going to go on forever. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they don't, yes, exactly. They don't get it. I mean, the, the trade in the zone was written, I think it was in 20, 2000, so it's 23 years old. Another one of my favorite favorite trading books is The Reminiscences of a Stock Operator by uh, about Jesse Livermore. And that's that's 100 years old, that book, this year. Wow. Written in uh, 1923. Wow. Um, and he was a, he's a real person, he, you know, he, you know, he did things, I mean, his risk management was terrible at some point, but he, you know, he learned from a, from a boy how to read the tape and um, a trading legend, but it was all about understanding himself. That was the big thing. 
um, that took him, made him so successful. Yeah, it's something we touched on last week, actually, is that, you know, the market's essentially, of course, they're more, there's many more things going on. There's lots of bells and whistles, but the movement, price movement hasn't really changed. You know, this is, it's fear, as you say, fear and greed is what drives it. And people 100 years ago were just as fearful and just as greedy. So, yeah, it's amazing that you can read a book 100 years old. and Absolutely, absolutely. And the other two are, you know, hope and regret. People say, oh, I hope it's going to go up or I hope it's going to go down. You've got to leave hope at the door from your trading uh, mm-hmm. platform. And again, that you know, we touch on the app. That's one of the you know things have become much easier to trade now. You can press buy or sell very, very quickly, whether it's on your mobile phone or on your uh, tablet or your laptop or your uh, workstation. Uh, and it's in sense, people have argued it's become a little bit too easy uh, because you know not a lot of considerations taken before they press that buy and sell. They've got to get in, you know. And as we touched on before, the the, the mem stocks. Last year was a classic example. A couple of years ago was a classic example of that, wasn't it? And it's uh, yeah, very no, it brutal was. and uh, tragic for many people. Yeah, I'm sure. And that brings us on uh, quite neatly, actually, to something else I want to discuss with you guys: is cryptocurrency is also had a particularly brutal year. Um, and it's it's, but it's I know it's very hot and it's trending and it's very popular amongst visitors to our site, especially younger. Uh, younger people who want to get involved in trading. And it's incredibly volatile, which makes it a magnet for um, for more experienced traders and scalpers. But the risks involved, we find, are, are much greater than other CFDs, uh, especially for beginners. And I know we talked about this earlier, Andrea. Um, do, you, do you guys have any thoughts on, on the crypto market um, in terms of for beginner traders or, or in general? Well, again, it's volatility, as you touched on there, Chris, does attract people. And, uh, you know, I'm a big believer in technology uh, and it is the future. You know, the, the blockchain mm-hmm. that sits behind cryptocurrencies is very, very clever. Obviously, the, the, the established institutions don't necessarily like it. Uh, obviously, there's a lot of negative press. I found one, I think it was a Wall Street Journal note when we said we were going to do this podcast and I can't remember what I've done with it. Um, it was by uh, Charlie Munger. Oh yeah, listeners. If you don't know who Charlie Munger is, go and find out. Okay, that's all I say. If you don't know who Charlie Munger is, and there was an article that was in the Wall Street Journal. I can't First of February. Why America should ban crypto? He says and it's quite a long. Well, it's not a long. It's quite a short article. Uh, and there's lots of you know uh, big names in the financial market saying you know it, it, it's um, we uh, avoid it, stay away from it. Uh, however. As with as with the internet, uh, when it arrived, you know, people were saying, "Oh, it's, it's evil," and all the rest of it. Uh, it is the future. Uh, digital currencies, digital way of doing things, and the blockchain is is can be very very powerful. But at the moment, you know, cryptos are seen as a gambling contract. Uh, that you know, the vast, massive volatility, uh, the huge crash we had last year. But again, yeah. if you know if you've, if you're a holder of crypto, not necessarily a trader, you know you, you, if you bought it a few years ago, you're still very much in the money. At, you know, what's it trading at the moment? Twenty odd thousand, isn't it? Twenty seven, something like that. Yeah, twenty two thousand. Yeah. And there's only a limited. I'm talking about Bitcoin now. And there's obviously all, all there's a limited amount of them, so that's bound mm. to add pressure, simple supply and demand. Uh, mm. But from yeah. a beginner's, just coming back to your question about beginner's mm. uh, approach, yes, they, obviously as with any trading. Um, you need to always manage your risk, and so that it can move very, very quickly. And you know, a five, six, seven, eight, ten percent move on uh, cryptocurrency is on, not unheard of on a, in a, on a daily basis, and that can wipe mm. people out very, very quickly. 
Which is why the FCA obviously has, has uh, now banned crypto um, as a CFD product. Um, for and retail seen, traders. Yes, for retail traders. And uh, we've seen other other regulators sort of following, well, to a degree, they're, they're starting to become aware that they need to sort of uh, put stricter regulations in place. So, um, yeah, what, what do you foresee? I mean, you, you just said that you think it's going to be the future. But in terms of regulation, how, how do you think they're they're going to sort of clamp down? It is the future. It is a serious player in the world economy. It's here to stay. I, I, I totally agree with uh, Stuart. So uh, definitely the regulation is, is a big issue. could cause even more volatility into the, the market if this is a yeah. chain and this is just the beginning of uh, regulators like banning uh, cryptos. But to be honest, I, I believe that Banning cryptos is not any solution because for having cryptos to say today is because there is this distrust in the traditional financial institutions, right? This is why we end up having a decentralized asset because you mentioned before the, the young generation, okay? And I, I, I think I am, I am in that target group. <laughs> I want to believe at least that I am in that <laughs> age target group. So we have seen financial recessions, we have seen economic difficulties, and that was the outcome of having something uh, or something that the young generation tried to uh, to do in order to avoid these regulated, these uh, centralized institutions. Not that I'm saying that this is how it should be. No, there is some mm-hmm. kind of a it should be controlled somehow, but I don't uh, believe that the, the majority of the regulations will actually continue this um, this banning. They will add controls, they will add some limits because after all, okay, it cannot be just stay as it is and um, 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 it's, it's causing a lot of damage into the economy uh, anyway, but I don't believe that it will be banned or stopped or anyway, just at some point will get control, will stabilize. That's what I believe personally, at least. Yeah. And I think I think you're probably right, Andrea. I mean, I think a lot of the issue, especially with the crashes this year, is really the people who who ran these exchanges that have now collapsed. Um, I think a lot of the the people who started riding, riding this wave when it was cresting and made a lot of money, it looks like they've behaved fraudulently, according to the allegations, and it's put a real damper on the, on the whole market. But mm. as you said, um, Stuart, I mean, there's a finite number of these things, and they're not going away. And it's really important that they're that regulators see that, and uh, and I hope you're right that the you know the FCA retail ban on crypto trading, well crypto CFD trading, I hope that's not copied across the world. And I'm sure you say the same. Like I mean, just be very careful if you're trading crypto CFDs because the volatility for the time being. Absolutely, and, and you know we we talked about uh, psychology and it, it, and obviously what happened with the, the exchanges, FTX is a classic example, and Luna earlier in the year. Yeah. It is that sentiment thing. You can't once sentiment goes, it's very difficult to get it back. Um, mm. uh, trust is obviously absolutely fundamental. So, but yes, uh, you know, it's a bit like Canute really with the crypto futures. He he couldn't hold out back the waves and uh, really mm-hmm. digital currencies, whether they're central bank controlled, still uh, will inevitably um, uh, come along. In my humble opinion. Yeah. No, I think you're probably right. I mean, as we were talking earlier, like, I mean, it's been a mad few years for the markets. A lot of that was to do with, you know, looking back before the strength of the dollar last year and um, obviously um, the war in Ukraine. 
And before that, we had the COVID pandemic. Does everybody remember the COVID pandemic? It feels like a, feels, <laughs> feels like like a lifetime a ago. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, that really, I mean, we saw during, during the pandemic, a lot of people, um, a lot of younger people turned to online uh, forex trading and CFD trading. Did you guys see that upturn in your business? And are you still seeing a lot more younger people uh, attending webinars and, and getting involved in trading? Yeah, yes. I mean, there's always been uh, young people interested in it, but there's a, there's quite a. Um, I was just doing a quick review just this week. Obviously, it's post COVID, uh, but there's quite mm-hmm. a distinct split between like the young um, sort of that under twenty four uh, demographic, and also like the over fifty five demographic as well. There's quite a, a peak in both of those uh, demographics that I find quite oh, really? interesting. Yeah, I. I uh, um, so yeah, they obviously the COVID, the lockdown, people in their bedrooms, you know, on their phones, on their laptops. Mm-hmm. Uh, you saw that spike, and you know that was part of probably the, the, those mem stocks as well in in the states, yeah. in particular. Uh, but certainly from a CFD trading point of view, it's you know it's, it, the attractions of it became um, more uh, evident as people weren't uh, looking for something else to do. And but again as i touch on when we were talking about trading psychology once you understand yourself as even as a 22 year old or a 23 year old that you know that yes we change as human beings but we don't really change just like the markets don't really change so once you understand your risk profile at an age you adapt that as you as you grow and develop as a trader and um so yeah the sooner you start the better in that sense because anybody can learn to be a successful trader anybody can learn about themselves wherever they are in the world whether it's south america south korea or you know south america or south kensington um you know anybody <laughs> can learn to do this uh, male or female and um again another one of my big hobby horses is that that females physiologically uh, are designed to be better traders than men, uh, but perhaps that's a, a, a topic for another <laughs> broadcast uh, another day. Chris Controversial. I would love to hear well, your thoughts well, on that, but I yeah, but maybe, maybe not, maybe not today. Yeah, not controversial. Straightforward. Uh, <laughs> As you say, you sort of had this influx of traders who were sitting in their bedrooms, and have they remained? Have you noticed sort of a, a gradual increase since then? Yes, it was obviously there was a huge spike of volume. Um, there's people are now gone back to perhaps their normalising inverted commas, but certainly there's pe- there's there's a higher volume of people uh, trading now and staying around. Uh, but as I mm-hmm. said at the beginning, it's it's not necessarily just the younger people either. So which I say I've only just noticed in the recent um, a few weeks or so. But yes, I mean, so the sooner you start this, the better because it is a skill you'll have for life. No, it is it is good advice, and I agree with you, and, and especially taking in. With all the other advice you've given in this podcast, you know, about understanding yourself and taking the time to educate yourself. And uh, it's all been fantastic advice. And if you start young, as you say, um, yeah, you really set yourself up. Yeah, so that's that's great advice for, for younger people. And I was, just, I was actually going to make a point, um, Stuart. I know that you said you saw a, a, pe- uh, a spike in over 55s as well. And I know a lot of, a lot of people took early retirement in, in, in the pandemic. And I wonder if that had anything to do with it. Yeah, they tend to have tend to have more capital. Uh, the reassessing their whole outlook on life. You know, um, as you say, people uh, work not necessarily not wanting to go back full time working five days a week, six days a week, working more on their uh, schedule and their lifestyle. So yeah, there's definitely been a what they call it the uh, the quiet um, resignation uh, across all age groups, not just the not just the over fifties, fifty five. Quite fascinating. Yes. 
Yeah, really interesting. Um, yeah, and demographically, but it also seems—I mean, as you're talking about Stuart, maybe just a natural extension of of trading psychology, of uh, herd psychology that drives the markets. Absolutely, absolutely. I, I do my risk management webinar at least once a month, and one of the quotes I use right up front is the one from Jesse Livermore saying, "There is nothing like losing all you have in the world for teaching you what not to do." Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's the thing. I mean, lots of people will have been burnt from these mem stocks. A, lot of, a few people will have made a fortune. Uh, and they're the ones you still see on social media with their Lamborghinis and their wadges of dollars and their Rolexes mm-hmm. and saying how easy it is sitting by the sea. And uh, this is just easy with me uh, laptop here and I don't do this anymore. But uh, yeah, it's yeah, you've got to be in it to win it. But you've also got to be in it to experience the, the, the highs and lows of winning and losing. And it's all about you know smoothing that curve out, not getting too high, not getting too low. It's the same coin, winning and losing. It's just how it falls. Yep, it is. I think I think that just about wraps it up. Uh, I just wanted to touch on. I know that there's um, there's a big event happening in in Sandton in Johannesburg in May. HFM, I understand, are planning to be there. Uh, will you? I'm not sure if you guys will be in attendance, but if somebody did want to attend and come see you, do you have any details? Yes, the event is uh, the event's going to be, I think it's the 8th and 9th of May. I can't remember off the top, off the top of my head. Uh, our mm-hmm. office will certainly be there. I don't know whether Andrea and I will be there, uh, right. but we'll definitely be there. And as I say, our, our Sandon office is uh, literally around the corner from the conference center. It's a great, Perfect. you know, it's a great place. It's a nice teaching room. There's a training room. Uh, all the guys are there. Um, Offensies, obviously, our man there. Uh, so do come and see us. We're here. We've been there since uh, 20, I think it was 2016, 2017. We opened the office there and uh, we're still there and uh, we're growing day by day. So do come and see us, whether it's online classes or you're physically in Johannesburg and Sandon and you get to the office, do come in and see us. We'd be happy to see you. Happy to help. Fantastic, guys. Well, thank you. Thank you so much for coming on. Well, thank you. And, yeah, it's been uh, wonderful. Say, it was pips. a pleasure. Yeah, may the pips be with you, as they say. All the best. (laughs) (laughs) And um, yeah, and hopefully have you on again sometime in the future. Absolutely. I'd love to do it. And I'll explain my theory about female traders. Yeah, that's part two. Bravo. See you soon. Thanks, everyone. Thank you so much, guys. Thank you, guys. Thank you. Bye bye. Bye bye.